Merry Christmas, everyone. It is great to see you all here this morning. Thanks for coming and being part of our Christmas service here at the City Church. 26 years ago, I went to Bible school. And when December rolled around at Christmas, uh, Christmas time, a bunch of conversations went like this for all of us who were at school. Are you going home for Christmas? And then my parents called and they said, are you coming home for Christmas? And I said, mom and dad, I'm at Bible school. I don't have a lot of money. So if you want me to come home for Christmas, if you buy me a plane ticket, I will come home for Christmas. So they did. But if we had any conversations that went like this, if we asked somebody, are you going home for Christmas? And they said, no, I'm not going home for Christmas. What did we think? We were like, what? You're not going home for Christmas. You're going to be alone for Christmas. You should not be alone at Christmas time. And why is it that we think this notion? Why do we carry this thought with us that when we have a time of celebration, maybe we have some free time, introverts and extroverts alike, we're like, I need to get with my people. I need to be with my people. And that's really what home means. Home means not just a place where you live. It's a place amongst your people. And the very first Christmas story tells us a story about a family, how they were going to a certain place and a certain time. And it is the parents of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. And I'm just going to read to you real quick part of the Christmas story found in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a, that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be his, to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So here is a family that they actually weren't in their house, but they were home because they were together. Now, my wife and I have been married for 24 years, and I did a little calculation yesterday. In the 24 years of marriage that we have so blissfully enjoyed, we have lived in seven different places. Now, if you are a newlywed, I don't recommend this. We don't actually like moving that much. Specifically, my wife, she grew up in the same house until she was 19 years old. She doesn't actually like to move. <laughs> And so we've moved seven times since we've been married. But each one of those times, even though we lived in a different house, when, when Christmas time rolled around, we were always together, whether it was at our place. And then when the kids were born, we were together with our kids. And sometimes that we would spend Christmas maybe with my parents or that we would be with my sister and her family. But every time we were amongst our people, so we were home, the geography didn't actually matter that much. You know, not only my family and my parents and my sister and her family, you know, they're not only my people, but there's another group of people that are my people. Are there any Raptor fans in the house? Come on, let me hear you Raptor fans. These are my people. And for those of you that didn't share, and, and what you've got two reasons. One reason you don't care about the NBA or basketball, my wife is in that category. And then there's other people in the room, and I'm not sure how you got in, but you're a fan of another basketball team. 
And I know for sure that that basketball team is in the United States because there is only one team in Canada. So my question is for you, why are you not cheering for the only team in Canada, you disloyal? (laughs) So for the Raptor fans, you're my people, but for the rest of you, I'm not so sure. But I, I can think of something that could bring us all together. You know, when the Olympics rolls around, and we're all going to cheer for Team Canada, unless maybe some of you are immigrants, maybe new to Canada, that you're going to cheer for another country, and then maybe we're not our people after all. And we are very fickle like this. We have so many ways that we separate ourselves from other people. And that's kind of the discussion for all of humanity, for all of time. But the bigger question for us today is, who are God's people? Does God actually have a people, and is he interested in people. You know, one of the, the prophecies in the Old Testament about the Savior coming to the world, they would use this, this word, and it's also discussed talking about Jesus coming to the earth in the book of Matthew. And it uses this word, it says Emmanuel, but then it says God with us. That this notion that we understand at Christmas time, that God actually wants to be with us. That God is not only the creator of the universe, but he is actually also personal. And he wants to be amongst his people. He wants to be home with you. Now, he's made a way to be home with you. But the question is for us, have we made a way? Have we made room in our lives for God to be at home with us? You know, the gospel message, the good news And that's what the story of Jesus is, that he didn't just stay in a manger, that he grew up and he lived a sinless life. And the the scripture tells us that he died on a cross and God raised him from the dead. And all of that is called good news. Now, it's not called good advice. Good advice is something that we have to do and something that we can implement in our lives. But the good news is about something that has already taken place. And the story that we celebrate today and the life of Jesus has already taken place. And because that story has taken place, God has actually made a way for us to know him. But sometimes we question, does God actually want me to be one of his people? You know, I haven't really lived that great a life. You know, I don't go to church that often. I'm really maybe not interested in the things of God. And I'm only here today because maybe somebody invited me. How do we understand about how God would actually want to make his home with me? And how do we understand about how God actually feels about us? Jesus tells a story uh, to help us to understand the character and nature of God. And not only that, he wants us to understand from the story that he tells about how God feels about us. And it's found in Luke chapter 15. And it's a story, very famous story. And and it's a story about a man who has two sons. And in this story, the younger son says, you know, dad, I know know you're not dead yet, but I want my inheritance. So the the dad goes about to, to give his inheritance to his son, separates it out. And the story continues that the younger son, that he goes out and he wastes all of his inheritance. Wasted all the, the Bible says with riotous living. He just wastes all of the inheritance that his dad has given to him. And since he's run out of money, the story continues that he goes and he finds himself a job. And the job that he's found is that he feeds the pigs. And he's become so hungry that he looks at this pig food and it looks appetizing to him. And in that moment, the scripture says, he comes to himself. 
And in that moment when he comes to himself, he says, I am going to go home to my father's house. Going to go home to where my father is. And this is a story that Jesus is telling us is not actually about a dad and two sons. It is actually about us. And it is actually about the love of God the Father for us. And so the story continues. You know, he decides he's going to go home. And on the way, he's practicing this speech. And he's like, you know what? I I don't deserve to be called my father's son anymore. I'm going to ask for a job in my dad's house. And he's practicing this the whole way home. But it says when he finally gets to a place where he can see home... The story says that the father doesn't yell out to his son. He doesn't say, no, you've wasted your life. I hate you. Go back. I'm too angry at you. No, the story doesn't say that. As soon as the father sees the son, the scripture says that he runs to his son. He runs to his son who has wasted all of his inheritance. He has wasted his life. And the scripture says that the father grabs the son and he hugs him and he puts a robe on him and he blesses him. And this is the story of God's love for us. That God invites everyone home. So that you can be amongst the people of God because God wants to be with you. The story of Jesus coming to the earth, the baby lying in a manger is all about God's desire to be in a relationship with us. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 says this, then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. See, this is the definition. This is the explanation about how big God's love is for you. That it's everywhere and it's big and it's strong. And he wants our life roots to go down into the love of God. Verse 19 says, may you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. See, God invites us all into a relationship with himself. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. See, God has created us, but then he's also bought it back, bought us back. That's what redemption means. He's made a way for us to know him. So I'm going to pray here in a second. And I'm just inviting everybody to pray along with me out loud. If you are here this morning and you have never taken that step to say yes to God's love, to say yes to a relationship with God through Jesus, you pray along along with me. And then the rest of us here that have maybe already said yes to Jesus. Let's affirm that in our hearts again in this Christmas season. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and let's all pray out loud together. God, today we thank you for your love. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came so that I could know you. 
So today, I call Jesus my Lord. And God, I call you my Father. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.